Welcome to Season 7, Episode 7 of The Versatile Writer, the podcast that aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. This week's episode looks at ghostwriting. A year or so ago, I asked my listeners what topic they'd enjoy listening to on The Versatile Writer, and one of them, Joe, asked for ghostwriting. Unfortunately, it's taken me a while to get to it, but here it is. I'm glad you've joined me for this episode as well because I want to put straight some ideas on part of the writing and publishing industry that often goes unnoticed. And so they should really. That's exactly what they should do because that's their job. But explaining them shouldn't. This part of the industry often goes without any mention. In fact, becoming a ghostwriter can take some time because there's very little out there that tells us what it is, let alone how to become one. First of all, how a book gets onto the shelves inside a bookshop shouldn't really be of concern to a reader. All they need to consider is if they like the premise enough to buy it and, perhaps, that the materials to create it have been sought responsibly. Much like most drivers don't necessarily care how their car got to the garage showroom, just that it's there and ready to buy. Occasionally, you might find an undeserved taboo surrounding the idea of ghostwriting. I chatted with a friend once about it, and his attitude was set in stone that anything ghostwritten was dodgy and shrouded in mystery and even unauthentic purely because the book was ghostwritten rather than physically written by the author. He told me that ghostwritten books were deliberately kept under the radar because it was considered a dark part of the industry. You can imagine how awkward it got when I explained I was, among other things, a ghostwriter. But there is no taboo or mystery involved, and it isn't a dark and dodgy area of the industry at all. I liken it to building a house. You don't have the knowledge on how to build the house, so you hire a builder. Afterwards, you tell people you built your house because you probably designed it. You probably wanted the bedrooms to be where they are and the bathroom to be the size it is. So technically, you built the house. That's essentially what it's like to hire a ghostwriter. They write it for you to your specific specifications, guiding you with their professional experience and knowledge along the way. A good ghostwriter won't let you make ridiculous errors in the book and leave it there through to publication. A good ghostwriter would guide you to make the very best of the project. However, a ghostwriter cannot guarantee sales of the book. Even if you believe the story is the very best thing you've ever read and the very best story you've ever heard. When I first learned what ghostwriting was, most of the books on the shelves in the shops that were ghostwritten were celebrity biographies, celebrity cookbooks, celebrity fitness books, celebrity everything. It seemed to be you could only hire a ghostwriter if you were a celebrity. However, that's not the case at all. Sure, the celebrity's name will help to market the book, but they're not only for celebrities. A few years ago, I wrote a book to give clarification from my own experiences about ghostwriting. The aim of the book was to give answers to the questions I often got and to show how to become a ghostwriter as well as how to hire one. Often, to become one, you either fall into it like I did or you know people in the know. Here's how I got into it. 
and this is no joke, I was walking through the town I used to live in one day and I saw a family friend who I used to see every day some years back and he approached me. I thought he was just going to pass the time of day but he just purely and simply came out with it. Sarah, I want to write a book. I was so excited because he knew I'd written a few already. But then he said, but I want you to write it. I did a bit of research because I hadn't got a clue really what ghostwriting was about, what it included, what it involved. And from my point of view, if he really did want me to write this book for him, I'd need to know exactly what to do. Because after all, I was going to be the professional in this partnership. Upon research, I discovered that many people hire ghostwriters because they're too busy to write their own book. And because some of them just don't have the literary skills to do it, or even know where to start. After about nine months of meeting up with the family friend, telephone chats and handwritten notes and loads of photographs going in, I organised a project and created a timeline of the years he wanted to include so we could produce the paperback book of his life in words and pictures. His life story. He was prompted to note his memories and stories after his wife passed away and realising that his family would be left with more questions than answers, he hired me to write the book. Once it was finished, I recall him being tearful with happiness when I gave him the finished printed copies. That was my first one. We literally went to a printer and got them printed. The information held within the book wasn't for public view. It was purely and simply for his family. Not long afterwards, my friend passed away and the book was used for the eulogy at his funeral. I had no idea that was going to happen and being one of over 250 people attending the funeral, I was touched that my writing had been involved in such an event. Few people knew who had really written it, but that wasn't important at all. What was important was that his words had been captured. It had become his legacy. That was when I learned how important it was to record the lives of people within the community and within families. Even after I wrote that book for him, I still had a lot of questions, so it would have been great to have a book handy to answer those questions. So that's why I wrote Ghosting, so others have those questions answered when they need them, whether they want to become a ghostwriter or want to hire one. So what goes into it? Writing books, as you probably realise, is not an easy-peasy job. Sure, it's fun, it's rewarding, but there's very little that is easy about them, whether they're fiction or non-fiction. It can be harrowing recalling certain memories if the content is intended to be a life story, yet it can also be cathartic. Separating yourself from those memories and having them placed inside a book that you can close can be a therapy. Ghosting took over a year to write while I was still employed, so I would research and write in the evenings and weekends. You may be curious as to how I do it, that is what my process is. Well I'm a freelance writer and I run a business called For the Love of Books and one of my services is ghostwriting. And the way I do it might differ from some. I'm not directly connected with any literary agency so when a prospective client shows interest in ghostwriting they often just query via email. From then I ask them a few questions and those answers go towards helping me work out what kind of project it might be. For instance, I might need to ghostwrite a non-fiction book or a novel, a business book or it might be a smaller job like ghostwriting a regular business blog or something like that and all of those have different price tags. 
So once those initial questions have been answered, at that point I generally ask them if they'd like a free copy of Ghosting to read because all of the questions they might have will probably be answered in there. That point is usually the decider whether or not the gig will progress because the book will answer those questions. The usual reasons that a gig doesn't go ahead are that they didn't realise how much work it would be or how much time it can take, that they didn't know how much of the story they want to include, that they didn't know if it was intended for the family or the public, so privacy was a big deal, that they didn't know how much it would cost, or that they didn't know it would cost anything at all. Let's take each of these and unpack them. The amount of work and time it takes to do that work can be considerable. Conversely, it can be a quick job, depending on the content. Potentially, if it's a life story, we'll need to discuss from when to when in the life we'll be covering. We'll also need to cover practicalities like when to meet, how to meet, and for how long each time. We'd have to create a schedule to include the specifics of each chapter, so each visit or online meeting would be used wisely, effectively and efficiently. Then there's what if they don't know how much to include. This can be tricky because in their minds they might envision a huge book in their hands, but in reality they might have just three or four stories of memories to include, and each one being just a couple of pages long. In this respect, I'd probably suggest they might write them in a journal rather than go to the expense of hiring a ghostwriter. Often, the idea of the stories and the memories are so much bigger because you live them, but writing them down, it wouldn't take that much space. This brings us neatly on to who they want reading it, whether it's for the family to pass down the generations or to publish it for a reader's eyes. Because this may involve publishing, this brings about a whole other beast that includes ISBN numbers, barcodes, marketing campaigns, a book jacket and a designer and so on. Then we come to the biggest decider, the cost. It can be expensive too, if the job is a big one. But bear in mind, however long it takes to write it, you're hiring a ghostwriter and you're paying their salary. Generally, they won't be doing anything else while they're hired by you. This is one of the reasons I wrote the book, because those potential clients who had questions could read it and know if, if it was for them. Knowing how much it costs to hire a freelance ghostwriter can be a game changer, and knowing what kind of content is required, depending on the genre. Interestingly, the topic of cost was one of the eye-openers with some prospective clients. Some didn't realise they had to pay me, at all. A few even suggested I could, in inverted commas, invest in their story and when they made it big I'd get some of that money. Um, it doesn't work like that. Having a book make it big is akin to winning the lottery. You wouldn't suggest an electrician invest in your house would you? Ghostwriting like any other kind of writing and any other creative career is a job and you wouldn't do any job unless you got paid would you? Depending on the type of project it's intended to be I generally suggest a flat fee and ask for a deposit to secure the space in my calendar. I then ask for half the amount to be paid up front and the remaining half through monthly instalments. By this point, we will have already either met in real life or online, created a schedule and each signed an agreement to cover us both, which includes other things like me being paid routinely on a set day per month and that I don't help with publishing, only the writing.
will have also signed an NDA, that's a non-disclosure agreement, which prevents me from telling the world that it was me who wrote it and not the client. Because I write for people, not publish their books, I make this clear in the meeting and on the paperwork. Often a client will come with their own methods of publishing, whether it's a small press or they intend to independently publish the finished book. I also automatically edit and proofread as part of my fee, but suggest that an independent editor cast their eyes over the finished book as well. That's the essence of my ghostwriting services, but also many other freelance ghostwriters work that way. There is a section in the back of my book, Ghosting, which talks about what to do if the project collapses or how to deal with the fallout. It's worth a read, although the majority of it comes down to good communication within the agreement and the relationship. If you'd like a copy of the book, I can post it to you anywhere in the world, as it is currently only in print. While I do give prospective clients a free copy, I also sell them. Currently, there are £10 per copy, and that will include postage anywhere in the UK. Anywhere else in the world, I'm afraid shipping is not included. If you're interested in a copy, just email me, sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at loveofbooks.co.uk, and I'll organise it. I'll need your address, but in line with UK GDPR regulations, I won't keep it. My intention today was cover ghostwriting and give you as much detail as I can through the medium of a podcast. However, if you'd like to know more about it, please get in touch. You can do that through my website, loveofbooks.co.uk, or through any of my social media platforms, and we'll go from there. On Facebook, I'm Sarah Bannum. On Twitter, at sjbwrites, Instagram, s.j.bannum, and on LinkedIn, Sarah Bannum BA Honours. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Versatile Writer on the topic of ghostwriting. See you next time.